It's so yeah. heavy if you think about it. Yeah. On one level, all of that shame and mm-hmm. and what they, you know, it's it's, it's heavy stuff cutting mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. the the societal baggage, mm-hmm. you know, with our bodies, with queerness, yeah. with identity. Mm-hmm. And then coming mm-hmm. back to that word pleasure, you know, yeah. and, and, and how can pleasure be in service of awakening? Yeah. Years and years under the master's will. Years and years of hurting each other. Welcome to the Spirit Underground podcast with Dharma teachers Spring Washam and Lama Rod Owens. These conversations will include topics on Black liberation theology, healing with plant-based medicine, indigenous wisdom, Buddhist-based meditation practices, and reconnecting to our ancestral knowledge. Together we will explore what freedom means individually, collectively, and spiritually. If you would like to support the Spirit Underground podcast, please visit the BeHereNowNetwork.com slash donate. All right. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Spirit Underground Conversations on Liberation with Lama Rod and myself, Spring Washam. And this is part two of a very juicy, I would say, and pain-filled and traumatic and everything is there with this conversation on sexuality. I don't think anything is left out of this conversation. So this is our part two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think the thing too is I don't know. I think everyone's in different places around, um, you know, exploring <clears throat> exploring sexuality, healing the trauma and the pain, right from from sexuality or the, the ways in which our sexuality has been abused, right? You know. Um, and we're definitely healing from the ways in which we have actually abused and manipulated other people's expressions, you know, sexual expression, sexuality, erotic embodiments, and so forth. Um, so I think, yeah, as, as you say, it's like, yeah, it, it's, it's filled with a lot, right? But, and at the same time, it doesn't need to be filled with a lot. You know, I just think that we don't, many of us weren't raised with the capacity to really talk about our sexuality within our families and our communities and definitely, you know, within like maybe the general cultures that many of us grew up in. Like, it just it was very different, right? And of course, these other factors come into play, you know, particularly factors from, you know, patriarchy, you know, which comes in and begins to, um, like, dictate, like, like who has a right to do what and who gets to embody what and whose pleasure is more important than others, right? But patriarchy is, you know, essentially control, right? It's like, let's control this, let's oversimplify it so that, you know, things can be easily contained and and channeled, you know, into really the benefit of, you know, a small group of people, 
you know, or whomever a system, you know, um, identifies as, as, as being powerful, you know, and, and worthy, you know, to, I don't know, control others, to put it simply. Right, right. So we start there that we're all kind of under this program. We're sort of in this spell and where everyone's trying to break out of it. Yeah. And to find this freedom in our bodies and Mm -hmm. to reclaim something. Mm -hmm. And I think this is the, that's the part where it gets a little dangerous because you have a little awareness. You have some power, you feel, and then you have this dedication to your spiritual path. I mean, ultimately all of us that are on a spiritual path, we we sort of all follow the doctrine, cause no harm, do no harm, right? We're trying to be conscious of ourselves. We're trying. You know, we say trying, you know, but <laughs> right. I think most of the people I know, we're trying actively not to use our sexuality right. to abuse others, you know? Right. Well, I don't know. <laughs> like, oh. I, I mean, I think that, you know, we start, you know, using terms like, um, you know, spiritual and and what the purpose of a particular spiritual path is, I think it gets really uh, kind of complex, you know. Um, there's that, and there's another piece, too, that you, off, you, that you, you offered as well around, okay, we all want to embody, like, healthy sexuality, but it's more than that as well. It's not just me embodying a healthy expression, you know, of my sexual self, right? But it's also how do I negotiate that embodiment with others because I am living with others, right? right. And I am trying to, I mean, in a, in a way, work collaboratively with others, right, to, to get my needs around pleasure met in the same way others are trying to do that with, you know, others around them or with me and so forth, right? You know, so... I think there is those two pieces I think get real heavy is like how do I figure out who I am right and how do I negotiate what I think is an authentic expression of who I am with others as I share space with them and as I am attempting to collaborate them to, to collaborate with them in order to to experience something you know pleasurable and healing and whole you know um so there's that too and then just going back to the previous you know just around like spirituality and the goal of spirituality i just think that you know sometimes it's it's not so much about do it's not so much with other paths about you know do no harm but it's about what is what does balance mean you know, when I think about other traditions of spiritual practice, particularly Afro-Caribbean, you know, traditions, right? Um, and I want to, you know, uh, talk a little more, you know, closely towards like hoodoo, you know, and more of these, you know, kind of African-American or Black American magic traditions. Um, like so much about these paths are really about balance, you know, it's like, how do we bring things back into balance? And sometimes to bring things back into balance means that there is harm that happens, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And we don't really talk about that often, 
you well, know. you have such a unique way of of um, you know, that's one of your gifts is your your unique way of describing these things because I don't think people would say that word balance, but well, I yeah. you know. I know what you mean, like resonance right. or something. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I just read and study and talk to people, you know, who are like really rooted in these traditions. It's just conversations and study and reading, and that's how, you know, I I kind of start thinking like this, you know. But yeah, I mean, and this is not to say, you know, that you know this conversation that we're having you know, more situated within Dharma and Buddhism, tantric practice, right? You know, we're not saying that, like, part of this practice is about creating harm, you know, intentionally. Mm -hmm. But it's really about how do we widen and expand and really get into the complexities, you know, of what it means to live with people who maybe sometimes are crossing boundaries, creating harm for you, and how do you respond to that? You know, um, right, you know, just, and that's where it gets complicated, yeah. Yeah. we'll say. And I, I mean, I, I, mean mm-hmm. I think your unique way of saying this like negotiation, right? <laughs> I never heard it is though, right? It's like it is, but you don't really hear that. Like, okay, we're in a community, and you know, yeah. and I just came to Atlanta, and you right. know, we're, we're going to be launching a community, and we have to all negotiate mm-hmm. our bodies together. Yes. And also, it's a negotiation of power. Some have power over others in some way, you know, at least relative on the relative level, you know, and then like, how do they negotiate? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it feels like everybody's negotiating Mm -hmm. from a different perspective or a different place. Exactly. You know, because there's power imbalance, hierarchies, status, play, right? And so some people may think they're negotiating, but they're actually dominating and taking up a lot of space. And some people actually don't know what negotiation is because they have been taught to compromise what they need. Yes. To get out of the way for other people's needs. Yes, or acquiesce in some form or fashion. Yeah. Yeah, their conditioning, their trauma. And, you know, and power is always, will always be. Power is power, (laughs) you know? Like power is energy. This energy that's directed, manipulated, channeled, right? So that's always going to be there. But what I'm really interested in terms of community is how do we practice being in power with ourselves and being in power with others? You know, not being in power over or being in power under, but being in power with. And that means that we name, like, our agency, you know, or also uh, our lack of agency as well. Like, we name the state of our agency in the moment and what we feel we're taking up space around or taking up too much space around or what we're compromising around you know Mm, so another way Mm -hmm. another way just to put it is like how are my needs being met right and who whose needs seem more important than mine right um and have all of my needs been met and why have my needs been met or vice versa why haven't my needs been met and why haven't 
you know, they've been met. Maybe I just said that twice, but, you know, like, you know, power is just a huge piece, you know, uh, of this puzzle, right, that we're trying to work out. Um, and we're all, we all deserve to have our needs met. And this is why I use the word negotiation, because maybe it's not that I get all of my needs met all at once, but I'm in conversation around the ways in which I feel that I can gather the resources that I need, you know, while also maybe helping others gather resources or maybe getting out of the way, you know, of people gathering their resources. But it goes back to like also naming what we need. Which is revolutionary. I've never once heard any spiritual community sit down and go, what what are our needs for pleasure? What are our needs for, how are we negotiating this? What are the leaders feeling? What are your, this is so beyond, you know, (laughs) people just show up with their program patterns, the Mm -hmm. power structure, and they're at the sort of mercy. In a way, the leader dictates the norms, the rules, and does all the negotiating often. I mean, on that, that's a cult. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. A cult. But people could say, you know, people, you know, as, and I think on if you for all mm-hmm. the listeners to listen to the first talk, yeah. because we were talking yeah. about Hillsong Church. Oh, yeah. We we're talking about all these leaders from Christian, from every tradition, you know. And, yeah, um, and you know, in our tradition, the Karmapa. Exactly. As well. There's no com- Hindu, yoga. My community. teacher. I mean, all of my male teachers have been a part of misuse and harming around sexuality. All of, really, my, uh, yes. all of my male teachers okay. now, except, for, well, I, I won't put any more names out there, but <laughs> <you know? laughs> I was going to put one more name out right. there, but like, let me just hold it. <laughs> well, yeah. it's not hard to find. I'll tell no. you that. It's on the front no. page of all the page. You know, this is front page news um, yeah. in all these communities. So it can it can be for a lot of people who are healing. Mm-hmm. You know, let me let me think about yeah. this in a couple ways and why okay. I was so interested. First, reading your new book, The New right. Saints, which is coming out. I'm so excited. And your own personal disclosure triggered Mm-hmm. So many beautiful reflections and thoughts and pain and tears. It wasn't beautiful at the at the beginning. <laughs> it was beautiful throughout. I just didn't know right. where I was going with right. my own right. process with it. Right. You know, because yeah. being in communities and being leaders and yeah. trying to negotiate and um you know, being a community that's healing the trauma and that's trying to offer liberation. Mm-hmm. Um, pathways yeah. and practices. What what are these? These are new. These are. Mm-hmm. I feel like these practices mm-hmm. that we want to do are obviously they're probably ancient, but they're new mm-hmm. to this world. They're new mm-hmm. in this form, mm-hmm. you know. And I know a lot of people um, have been asking me about mm-hmm. this. What yeah. do I do? Do I do I be monogamous? Right. You know, um, right. there's so much non-monogamy um, that's really popular right now. All these different mm. kinds of ways of being together. Right. Um, and let, yeah. Let's bookmark that one. Yeah, we'll continue. bookmark that one. Because um, I'm not sure about those, right? There's a lot of suffering. <laughs> let's have a fivesome and then, you know, the pain happens, you know, and the confusion. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so... So here we are trying to heal, liberate, embody, yeah. 
and you yeah. know and cut through to what is the deepest truth yeah and the deepest truth is my most authentic holistic self myself on what is it like uncensored unpoliced like mm-hmm. and a lot of us don't know what that feels like to to not be policed right Say or censored more. Well, yeah. I mean, we all kind of grow up and we're told how to be, you know. And when I used to teach, you know, um, you know, sexuality and dharma, you know, in different centers, you know, I used to, <laughs> I used to call the sessions practicing unsafe dharma. You know, mm. I, I do love a wordplay. I tell you, but um, <laughs> exactly. That's <laughs> what I was little, saying. You a little catchy name. title. Uh, <laughs> You know, like when, you know, practicing, you know, when I would, would do this work with sanghas, right? You know, it's, you know, you get into this place where people, you know, using meditation, right? Using some of these deep intuitive tools that we practice in it with in the tradition, people for the first time start realizing that like they didn't choose necessarily to be the person that was sitting in front of me. Like, they realized that, like, they just kind of were told, you know, where to be and how to act and who they were. And they just kind of consented to that. Like, and we all do, right? Because that's the pressure of what it means to live in a collective. Like, like we're forcing each other. We're influencing each other to be certain ways, right? Um, and so, I mean, I would I would sit with people who were for the first time beginning to name you know, um, experiences of, like, queerness, right? You know, experiences um, of gender expansion, you know, and so forth. Because no one had ever gave them permission right, to, to explore, to be creative, to have experiences, right? To, like, actually figure out who you were. And that's something that, like, I have found extremely important for me, you know, during my years, you know, in the practice. It's like, I have a right to explore. I have a right to experiment, right? You know, with myself. Like, I give consent to myself <laughs> to explore myself. Absolutely. And yeah. then when, we, when we're, when we you know, wanting to explore with others, we gain that consent, enthusiastic consent um, with others to explore. And that's, you know, I mean, both of these are really important, but like, you know, we think that like exploring and and investigating and having these experiences with others is is the the goal, but really it begins with ourselves. Like I have to figure out who I am. Like I have to figure out what I find pleasurable, you know, and for me and pleasure, pleasure is just this really awakening energy, this experience of space, right? And a lot of people don't have that for various reasons that we've been talking about, you know, um, since the last episode, you know, um, but a lot of folks, again, we've been put into places and we stick there until something nudges us. Like there's a, like a jolt, you know, right. um, and that can be really disorienting. Like it, like you're going, you're selling along, alone, you're selling along, like in this identity, you you think you know who you are, what you're doing, who you're attracted to, and all of a sudden, there's something that comes along. Wow, you know? you're in love with your best friend who's a <laughs> yeah. woman, right? <laughs> right, right. Uh, so many people are finding themselves in these yeah. attractions and relationships mm-hmm. and 
There mm-hmm. is something beautiful about yeah. something lifting where you can yeah. just be authentic. Yeah. 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 You can you can own it. But it's so interesting. I just want to bookmark, not mm-hmm. bookmark, but explore a little bit uh-huh. about even when you say the word pleasure, uh-huh. it's like it just feels so dangerous, doesn't oh, it? Yeah. Isn't isn't it? Dangerous? Why though? <laughs> I mean, I'm just it's just hitting me. It's like, okay, we we want to engage because of pleasure. Yeah. Even though we're sometimes pulled by habit or desire and desire, intense Mm -hmm. desire doesn't feel pleasurable. We know that suffering, Mm -hmm. you know, this Mm -hmm. kind of grasping, clinging. Um, Maybe Maybe. I'm just weaving that in as, you know, with pleasure, but (laughs) it it feels like to reclaim the word pleasure is like, ooh, we're on dangerous ground. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. how is pleasure liberatory? People still think suffering is liberatory. I mean, that's the, you know, that's the world we're in. That's the paradigm, right? Yes. Yes and no. You know, it's always complicated with me. I'm just like... (laughs) That's why I love it. I'm always always (laughs) like, sure, but there's this other thing. Um, But yeah, you know, I think it's, you know, all these questions, right, are really rooted in the ways that we've been like... And I don't want to say indoctrinated, but it really is about indoctrination, the ways in which we have been influenced, right? Like, I, you know, I think it's always important to just kind of name where you're coming from, as we did in the past, you know, in the first episode of the series. But, you know, just to say that, yeah, I was like raised as, you know, a cisgender man, right? You know, um, and... And that kind of identity location, cisgender is this identity location that I, you know, openly with full awareness um, kind of situate myself in, right? But I don't feel at this point that this is limiting for me, you know, at all. So I say all that to say that, like, this is my perspective, <laughs> right? That, like, as a queer cisgender, yes. black, fat, mixed class, all of that, like all of this impacts how we're taught to relate to our sexuality, the permission that we get to embody sexuality and, you know, to embody fluid, open, expansive, you know, sexuality, right? You know, and there's not this one place we're trying to get to, right? But it's really this personal experience of like freedom, fluidity, you know, openness, like, and, but, you know, what you were just really raising, you know, about the fear is, I think, rooted again in shame. Like, mm. we, there's some and that's to experience yeah. pleasure is shameful or to yeah. have a, hmm. I mean, that's the one thing that I have really worked hard to move through the bulk of is like, it's the shame, like, it's the fear of not getting what I need because I am embodying something that people don't understand, right? Or that embodiment is somehow like disrupting the comfort of others. And so shame arises as this this weapon that keeps me in line, that keeps me from asking questions, you know? I mean, I've had experiences, you know, um, this work has been really intense, you know, for most of my life, you know, um, and I'm in a, a, a certain, I think, pretty fluid, liberated space, right? 
Um, maybe, maybe that doesn't seem so fluid and liberating looking at me, you know, but I feel like really free and happy, you know, um, but I have been, been with other, you know, cisgender men whom I was like their first, you know, relationship with another man. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've seen like that shift, you know, into, like considering queerness and the pain and the shame that arises from like, you know, one day you're like, okay, I'm like this straight cisgender identified dude. And then the next day I have these feelings for this guy, you know, and you start exploring it. And then it may be going well for like a little bit, but then the shame, the cultural conditioning Absolutely. starts arising. Mm-hmm. And that's always been really painful for me to move through with a partner. Absolutely. You know, who, Watching them contract new. into that state is devastating yeah. on some level. Yeah. 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 I mean, I talk about that in, in, in New Saints too. That's one of the stories actually mm-hmm. that I, I offer. I don't want to talk like too detailed about it because this is about actual people. But right. you know, it's it's like you like you're just like, you know, you think things are going well, then all of a sudden there's a shutting down, you know, and you're like, why are you shutting down? You know, and then you begin mm. to understand that this process of coming out is something that you've been doing for decades. <laughs> you know, right. like you've been working on this, you know, and moving through the pain, the trauma, right, uh, of being out. And then there's someone that you're partnering with that you're developing deep feelings for who are, who's just beginning to do this work. And you're like the same age. And you're like, okay, you know, like... How do you survive that? And I haven't, by the way. I haven't survived it, yeah. you know. Um, so that, and I say all that too to say, you know, I don't want to say I'm not blaming anyone for anything. Like we all are struggling through the the violence of conditioning and and policing around our bodies and sexuality, obviously, <laughs> you know. Um, but... You know, so I, I understand that work, um, but I don't know if it's my work to really be in a relationship with someone who's just beginning to do this labor it's for themselves. It's so heavy. It's so yeah. heavy if you think about it yeah. on one level, all of that shame and mm-hmm. I'm what they, you know, it's, it's, it's heavy stuff cutting through mm-hmm. the, the societal baggage Mm-hmm. You know, with our bodies, with queerness, yeah. with identity, mm-hmm. and then coming mm-hmm. back to that word pleasure, you know, yeah. and 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 how can pleasure be in service of awakening? Yeah. How does yeah. this, mm-hmm. yeah, how does our freedom, mm-hmm. you know, yes, for the person that you are now, you definitely yeah. someone who has spent as much time comfortable with who they are. You're so comfortable mm-hmm. with who you are and 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 your spirit and and who you love and what you're doing. I love that about you. So yeah, somebody that can meet you mm-hmm. is yeah, to kind of go through the beginning stages of yeah. healing all the shame yeah. and the heaviness is it's a lot for you to mm-hmm. hold. 
Um, and it's a lot for all of us on yeah. another level to hold. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, how do we create practices mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that support this unburdening? Yeah. How do I'll we do you, that? I wonder. I'll tell you what, friends, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like your people, your friends, your chosen family. I, I mean, like friends have been critical not necessarily family, mm-hmm. you know, like I think many of us like have to take a break from our families when we're beginning mm-hmm. this this work. Yeah. If know? they're not supportive, if they don't understand yeah. and they're operating in that paradigm of yeah. shame and contraction. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, like I, like I remember, I remember this one crucial moment um, and I don't remember if I disclose this in love and rage or if it's in new saints like you get to a point where you just forget what you wrote in these books even if it hasn't even dropped yet like you're just like wait did i tell this story because <laughs> you have all these editors and people looking over manuscripts and you think you put something in they take it out anyway i'm just going to tell the story but i was in college my freshman year and was in like um like the big student you know lounge um and I was with two friends, two women, um, one my age, one a little older. And these guys were walking through the lobby and they were like, I think like a sports team or they just come from like sports practice. But like these, you know, big, tall, you know, beautiful men. And I was, I mean, I had already started coming out before my freshman year in college. I had started at the end of my senior year um, in college. I do tell those stories. I do remember those those stories in the books. But um, I just kind of looked up at these guys and I um, made some kind of like, oh, they're like really hot. And like, as I was getting the word hot out, which was the end of the sentence, all this really intense shame mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, just kind mm-hmm. of like came from nowhere. I just mm-hmm. it literally felt like, my body was contracting and like folding in on on itself. Like I just felt like just really just contracting, shrinking, like really intensely. And my two friends saw that, you know? And then one of my friends was like, no, Rod, it's okay. You can say that. Mm, yes. You know? And that was like the most pivotal moment one of the one of the most pivotal moments in my you know kind of coming out and around my embodiment of desire was like I was with people who were just like no like you're being yourself around us it's okay right talk about your attraction and to like accept Other yourself men. yeah and to accept, and to they accept just, yeah. that, that 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 was there they accepted me mm-hmm. and they were like and it, I don't know if it were different if they would have been like, oh, my God, that's disgusting. How, how dare you say that? I think that would have been extremely harmful for me. Yeah. You know? But, like, this is why I talk about friends, like, supportive, loving friends who are holding you, who are taking care of you, right? I wouldn't be here without friends. You know, the friends who were just who we allowed each other to show up. You know, like we just, that's the permission that we gave and living, you know, for, you know, a lot of years and like, 
you know, organizing communities, radical activist communities, that was something that like we took very seriously. Like we wanted people to show up. We wanted people to to be themselves, right? Mm-hmm. We wanted people to name their their desires, their pleasure, right? Because we wanted people to be whole. Like we wanted yes, people. Um, yeah, not hiding veils. Yeah, hiding. It's like hiding. Yeah. You know, we hide from others and ourselves. Yeah. You can't you can't do full liberation work if you're hiding. Mm. You know, like if you're running away from from yourself, because that's going to create harm in the long run. Like because or repression, freedom, and that yeah, is repression. harm—a kind of internal repression, right? Because yeah. we're talking about if we're talking about freedom and liberation, we're talking about freedom, and we're talking you know? about everything on this path has yeah. to be dealt with. There's no, yeah. you can't. Everybody, you 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 cannot compartmentalize anymore. Yeah. You can't yeah. be one thing at your spiritual community and then at home you're different than at work you're different and you have all these these people these these expressions have to meet all yeah. of your sides have to meet and we really do have to go into the shadows of where yeah. we are afraid and where we feel sh- deepest shame yeah. we have to be willing to face that and go into yeah. that and it's excruciating yeah I think shame okay I just want to say okay. is the worst feeling yeah, yeah. because mm-hmm. it's almost like you just hide you just something yeah. I, I can I, I don't even know how to describe that feeling but it's just mm-hmm. as you want to just disappear mm-hmm. you're something feels so terrible it's like a mix of feeling like you've done something wrong or you're wrong the situation's wrong and I just remember yeah. when I was feeling my deepest periods of shame were related to sexuality on retreats, mm-hmm. reminiscing about old things that I had done that weren't skillful and then reliving it. And I just remember also being in the dining room. Mm-hmm. I was at Insight Meditation Society and I was just like reliving, you know, it also was like being black, being a mm-hmm. woman. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's so much burden on that, just being in a black body. Then you add a woman's body. It's deeply shameful. I mean, look what goes on. Your woman's body, everyone projects onto. Mm -hmm. And I just remember I had this hoodie on Mm -hmm. and I would just pull it lower and lower. And then I would curl up. I couldn't even lift for days. I couldn't lift my head up. Mm -hmm. I was just filled Mm -hmm. with so much shame as I was reliving. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what was going on. I didn't have words for it. Um, but I just know that feeling is just so bad. Yeah. It's just so painful. Yeah. Just excruciating. I just yeah. want to name that for people as we try to unveil this and we feel this deep shame about who we are, our bodies, yeah. our our pleasure, our desires. Yeah. And, you know, we might have to go through, yeah. you know, similar processes of mm-hmm. sort of feeling our way through. It will end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's a mm-hmm. temporary state. I was, you know, after some yeah. days it passed, but I was, wow, it was really heavy and really, yeah. really painful. It's temporary if you if you do the work. Yeah, if you're willing to be present. It, but not like hide it away or push it away, then it just gets even worse, right? You know, because it's, there's a cost there, mm. right? As James Baldwin and, for, and and just in general, like James Baldwin, you know, um, 
has been so incredible for me in terms of like trying to understand what a liberated identity, yes, what liberated blackness, right in America, like what that means, what it costs, the work and the labor that goes in. You know, of course, also being another black gay man, right? You know, that was also really important for me. He was important for me as a mentor. I mean, I didn't know James Baldwin in life, but like just his work mentored me. You know, through this really rough development. You know, but you know the thing with with shame too. It's you know to disrupt the places that we've been put means that there are going to be consequences, right? And sometimes it's really hard to we lose a lot of stuff, we lose relationships when we decide to become our most or really our more authentic self, right? You know, people are disappointed. People can't process who we're becoming or who we are, right? And this isn't to say, right, that, you know, there, it's, well, I would say it's important to always understand that, like, when I talk about friends, I mean friends who love me, who can hold my openings or awakenings or expansions, but also who love me enough to give me feedback. You know, if mm-hmm. they may, if they see something that I'm doing that maybe isn't aligned with like freedom and authenticity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's that's the negotiation piece. You know, I want yeah. to be my most authentic self, but sometimes I sometimes my most authentic self or what I think my most authentic self is actually creating harm for others. And I have to be open to hearing that, you know, harming and discomfort are two different things. Right. They, they've been getting <laughs> collapsed lately just because yep. I'm uncomfortable with something yep. doesn't mean I'm actually being harmed. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And this is where it gets dicey with exactly. communities because exactly. they conflate those like exactly. this is harmful and someone's just living their life, you know, yep. and then yep. when does it, you know, come into our 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 field in a way that's like, yeah. wow, this is pain. Yeah, now it's not, you know, yeah. discomfort. It's moved. Yeah. This is where it gets so tricky. This is where no one, I feel like, knows mm. this, how to navigate. Um, because none of us, I don't mm-hmm. believe in communities. I'm mm-hmm. honestly going to say this. Okay. Have understand these boundaries or are or, or understanding... Yeah, this feels like new for me, Ron. This, well, right, is, right. this, this is like unexplored yeah. territory, what I we're mean, talking I've, about I've, on some level. I mean, I've lived mostly in intentional communities. <laughs> yes, me as pe- well, yeah. people who are just like, you know, like they were, you know, let's just say that like there was a lot going on in some of the communities that I was living in, right? And... <laughs> Behind the scenes. Behind the scenes. Sometimes so much behind the scenes. Shoes behind the door, you know? (laughs) You know, but like it was was also like this is the thing too. Like there are communities where this is, this is a conversation. Really? I don't know of any that it's, it's, yeah, there are some that are, it's a conversation, but they always seem to be missing, you know, the abolitionist viewpoint and the inclusivity and that, you know, they're aiming for, let's talk about our sex lives and what we're doing. You know, there's never seems like a full expression that we're trying to aim for. Yeah. But that's important too, because like we have to, so much of this liberation work is naming what we've been told not to name, 
you know, um, mm. cutting through that fear. That's some of the work that I do, right? It's just like, I'm just going to name this. You know, I'm going to name how my relation, I'm going to name my relationship to my body, to the parts of my body that I experience pleasure from. And I'm going to talk about that, you know, because I've been told not to, you know, or I've been told that to talk about certain parts of my experience is, is too triggering for others, right? Mm. You know, like this, these are just all the different ways that we've been, we, we were policed around articulating who and what we are and how we experience the world. And so we have to just start naming, you know, you have to start naming where you've been put, right? And all the things that went into you, like deciding to stay there, you know, um, that's that's healthy community. Like when we can just like show up and put everything on the table and just talk about it. I, you know, I lived in an activist, act, activist community where we had, you know, all kinds of spaces to have these conversations with each other. Yeah. You know, and I lived, you know, I, I remember one of my earlier communities, you know, we, <laughs> it was spring and we were going through a really sexual period as a community, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I mean, it was just like, yeah. It was, it was just coming you know. up. It just arises yeah. in people's bodies. It's arising yeah. in, in connection. And, and especially yeah. if there's a loving community where people yeah. feel somewhat safe with each other. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I remember, you know, it was like people were having, you know, having, you know, relationships with one, with one another, sex with one another. And, you know, it was beginning to impact our work that we were doing in community together. Right. And I remember it just got to a point where we just all had to convene and just like sit together and say, okay, what's going on? Because this is, <laughs> this is out of control now. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It was getting, it was getting into, you know, it was crossing, crossing yeah. you yeah. know, in ways that were just really not appropriate. And so we just sat down and named like what's going on. And people were just like, yeah, I'm just like horny. <laughs> Like it was like people were just putting it out there. It's like I, I, like I'm just feeling all of this in my body, right? You know, and I don't know why. And I'm living with all these other people whom I'm attracted to, mm-hmm. you know. And it starts getting real complicated. But then you set the space up and you just start talking about it. And we start saying, okay, how can we support each other right now? Because there are needs that are not being met. There are some needs that are being overmet, right? And how do we come back into a balance? And you can't even start that work until you gather and start naming truthfully, honestly, directly what's going on. Yeah. Right. Well, that takes skill. There. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. skillful leadership. And usually it doesn't get to that point until there's a, you know, starts hitting the wall. Right. Mm-hmm. It could ideally it'd be good to have that conversation before all this stuff starts and have some yeah. kind of, but usually it's the aftermath, right? We're picking mm-hmm. up the pieces going, oh, I guess maybe we should have talked about this, you know? Yeah. And then it seems like communities often are in the explosion at that point. And I'm glad you were able yes. to rally your community together, but a lot dissolve at that point and oh, leave yeah. in pain yeah. and hurt mm-hmm. and disillusionment, uh, who, who, you know, was the yeah. leader of the place or, yeah. you know, and then 
All they're online it, yeah. writing about it. And <laughs> I mean, this is where we've gone, right? This it's is the true. climate we're living in. You no, know? absolutely. Maybe There's a no lawyer's lie. involved if they go to oh, some, absolutely. you know, high level of hurt and suffering. And maybe there's something there. I don't know. These are not, you know, just want to point out, like, this, these are not hypotheticals. Like, right. I, these are happening. This, this, this is, I'm in conversation with people living through and moving oh, through these on. very it same so things. Sad. Yeah, I mean, it's and again, it goes back to like the cultures that we grew up in. And of course, I'm just going to just like name American like culture, where it's just like, yeah, we're sex, we're sex saturated, but not sex positive. You know, yes. it's just yes. like everywhere, but we can't talk about it, right? You have places like Florida, like getting rid of all these books around, I, you know you know, marginalized identities and particularly around sex and sexuality mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. everything else, right? And so you're you're taking away language. For from, millions and millions yeah. of people. You know? Trying to tell them it's yeah. wrong to even say these words or talk exactly. about their their husbands exactly. and wives that they're legally married to. I yeah. mean, it's kind of over. Yeah, there's a... We've... The pendulum is definitely swinging yeah. back, you know... You know to yeah. some kind of yeah we we know that part you know and so like you know your earlier question like what do we do so we talked about friends you know yes practices yeah practices you know reading i mean you know reading like okay you, like i don't know anything to read that's <laughs> that's liberated right now you know that's I mean, cutting edge ooh, on like, how to live this stuff I'll tell you what Samuel Delaney, just mm. to throw a name out there. Um, I'm sure it, I have his book around me somewhere, but I don't want to interrupt. But to, to look for it, but like his work um, as this black queer man, right? Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, Samuel Delaney. Um, for those of you who don't know, is science fiction writer. Um, he's probably maybe in his 80s now, retired. He used to teach at Rutgers. Um, wrote incredible books exploring sexuality and gender. My favorite book is this, um, like, essays called um, Times Square Red, Times Square Blue. Um, mm. and, and I just, I'm, that was the book, you know, I didn't come to that book until maybe graduate school. But... That book really like cut through a lot of shame, you know, mm-hmm, because Kim mm-hmm. Delaney, you know, it's just been writing for decades and decades, came up in like 60s, 70s, and 80s in New York City, in Manhattan, Times Square. And, you know, for those of you who know anything about the history of Times Square, you know, leading into the 90s, it was just, you know, this place where there's a lot of like the sex economy is really strong, you know, um, and, and he was a part of that, but he was a part of it in a way that there wasn't shame. It was just like, this is what we did. This is what I did. You right. know, oh, I would go and participate in these spaces and, and so forth. Um, and But the most important part of that book for me is that he just talked about how, you know, our sexuality is policed because it is... <laughs> inconvenient for those who want to maintain power you yeah, know and over this is, us. yeah and this is where this this 
interest in us having this two-part series really yeah. comes from. You know, you know, we're trying and we're ha- having these conversations that are about liberation, mm-hmm. you know, and weaving together traditions and streams. And, and there is something that I think deep down under all the barrage of societal baggage and shame and trauma and hurt and abuse, Mm -hmm. this pure stream Mm -hmm. of there is something underneath it Mm -hmm. that is awakening. And that's Mm -hmm. why the the levels of control, I mean, just look at other parts of the world, women, their bodies, just to even see their bodies is is dangerous, right? They can't even, um, or their organs are... Mm -hmm mutilated or, you know, I mean, we're talking about real oppression here, mm-hmm. you know? And so when you have these groups like in New York, you know, that are exploring and it's just, yeah, it's dangerous probably to some degree, but liberatory on the other hand, but they're digging, you know, through these layers. And it might be also connected with craving and lust and Mm -hmm. passion. But I do think underneath there's something that we're trying to connect to Mm -hmm. that it has its roots in the divine, Mm -hmm. our our light and our our hearts. I think it's like our love, right? We want to, we want to feel, we want to feel that, feel this love and this embodiment. And so I just, I keep wanting to cut through to that. And, and I, I want to, you know, my way of dealing with being in communities and Buddhist communities and even creating medicine communities is just like a kind of, uh, <laughs> I was going to say mall cop. <laughs> a what? Not a mall cop, but kind of like a sister oh. nun. No one, no one should be touching each other. We all have oh, yeah. to heal our traumas. Uh-huh. This is a non-sexual environment. Feel it. Don't act. You know, I've been kind of like, just feel it in your mind. It's natural. Don't worry. Nothing's bad. going to happen until you cross out of your lane. Yeah. You know, and this is not totally working anymore. You know, it's just something that feels like it's reached a plateau yeah. with a kind of celibacy. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, doctrine. Mm-hmm. You know, holy celibacy, yeah. not holy not, sin. not sinful yeah. celibacy. Right. Holy, and we've all gone through that. You yeah. included, yeah. right? Where we we might need to do that for a while yeah. just to reevaluate I, how we're absolutely. using our energy. Absolutely, I think celibacy, refraining from sexual activity, is so important for everyone to do, regardless. You know, because this is not about being sex negative. It's really about just going through a period where you have space to be with yourself. Right, and to look at where where the the attention needs to be directed, and doing the self healing, I think is incredible. You know, but it's so interesting too. You bring that up. You know, you know, I was moving along. You know, in terms of like expanding around my embodiment of sexuality, but it was I, I wasn't teaching anything though necessarily. But I listened to a Dharma talk by a, um, like a, um, like a Theravada nun, um, a, a Western, a white Western Theravada mm. nun, who I think we're about the same age, um, and who just really talked about sexuality and she was like, <laughs> you know, I'm a nun, right? <laughs> you know, I have I have vows, but I'm still 
sexual. Like I still embody sexuality. That doesn't wow. get that You know, and she went through like evolutionary theory and like biology, and <laughs> psychology. It was like really such a succinct like talk where she just kind of went through. She reviewed all the science you know, and got into dharma and the body. And she was like, yeah, I don't have sex, but I'm still sexual. And we, we need to, like, understand that taking vows or going to celibacy doesn't cut desire off. You know, it doesn't cut, like, my need to express myself in a way, you know, that feels pleasurable. That doesn't get turned off, right? And that, right. oh, my God, that blew me away. Yeah, you don't you hear, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, this is like a more of a conservative yeah. um, sect, uh, yeah. school of Buddhism where, yeah. you know, so to have someone speaking like that, it's a sign of the times yeah. too, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And then after that, I started teaching. And um, I mean, I've been I've done a lot and I partnered with my friend Sangay, um, who was a monk, a Tibetan Buddhist monk at the time. And we started doing... Because he was queer, is queer. He doesn't hold vows anymore, but he, you know, was like, I met him and, you know, this queer, like, monk, like in full robes, in full Tibetan robes, right? <laughs> like, sashaying around, being like sassy and fabulous. And I was just like, oh my God, like, I'm blown. Like, it's these monastics, like, yeah. literally, yeah. who were just showing up for me, saying, it's like, like, you're, they were actually reflecting my rigidity. Exactly. We're like getting uncomfortable <laughs> and they're more free than we are yeah. and they're in robes. Yeah. I mean, I'm like trying to like, you should maybe you should tone down. Maybe like wow. you should stop. <laughs> and, they were, and so over time, I was like, listen, like I think people need to hear us talk about our relationship to sexuality. You as a renunciate, as, an, as a monk, me as like, you know, just, you know, a regular person out in the world. But both of us being serious Dharma practitioners. And we would do this this work, particularly with queer, queer-identified communities, you know. Um, it was really beautiful work to have these conversations. Um, but yeah, like it's... So much of this is really this intense work of shaking off. Yes, yes. And, and I do policing. feel like that. And it is confusing and it's hard. And we're like... Yeah. Where is this going? And it feels dangerous and traumatic to feel. But you're right. We are like cutting through. There is something shaking off to get down to something that's like it's at the root. That is, um, I believe, really deeply sacred. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I, have a, I, I dream that. Like at the core yeah. of this, there's something really, really okay, <laughs> you know, not bad and wrong and, you know, and I, I'm, I'm cutting through my own, you know, it's really easy for a lot of people to come into community and be like, oh, I'm sex positive, but they still have all these biases. You know, you're going to encounter them if you're being truthful here, folks. You're going to encounter your, your pastor's message in your head you grew up listening or your grandmother or grandfather or, you know, wherever religion or God of origin you, um, you know, you connect with, you're gonna, you, you feel that you're, you're gonna hit it. You're gonna hit it. All of the yeah. tangles. Yeah. Um, it's hard to do yeah. that, to feel that and not feel like you're, you're going down a bad road. 
when you're reclaiming this. It feels very lonely. Yes, the loneliness. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and exactly. And Mm -hmm. and it's hard to comfort people. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like for a while they just have to walk and the reclaiming is, you know part of it. But I hope these conversations are helpful to people to be like, we're with you. You know, we're all, we're going there and, you know, we're going there. I'll I'll say for me with a very sincere heart, you know, as a healer, I deeply care. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is part of our human embodiment. It's not the place we can take a jump and bypass anymore. Look what's going on. And then the bypassing it, there is no bypass. It just erupts. Yeah. It's an eruption all the time when we don't talk openly and don't name these things. These are all these communities just going Mm -hmm. down in flames and lies and deceit and and mostly hidden, Mm -hmm. hidden, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Secrets. Yeah. Everyone's holding secrets and then they all come out Mm -hmm. in these Hulu documentaries and everyone's crying. You know, I get it, but like we got to learn. Yeah. You know, and again, it's like we we have to really resist or disrupt the ways our sexuality has been labeled dangerous or shameful. Yes. You know, yes. and of course for me, you know, I think for both of us kind of growing up in like kind of a Christian environment or you were more... You weren't necessarily Christian. I grew up, up pretty, I mean, on my father's side. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, they were yeah. Baptists, all of them, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we grew up with that. Yeah. That, like, shame of, like, body. Of course, that all comes from theology, right? You know, the body is impure. We're born sinner. And a woman's body is particularly, body. you know, I mean, we're just, yeah. like, dirty, you know. and yeah. and yeah. The misogyny, right, of, yeah. like, this kind of patrilineal kind of theology, which <laughs> dominates the world right now. Um, like we have to disrupt that. And this is why Dharma was really important for me because I didn't, I didn't feel like that burden was there. Mm-hmm. Right. And again, like always, always having to name as a cisgender person, a cisgender male, right. Yeah. Like patriarchy in a way favors me, but being queer, right. That, that, the queerness always was like this thing that was like like fighting against patriarchy saying, no, actually, no, like I still, like this still doesn't suit me. This still doesn't like want me to be free, right? At the same time. Um, so that kind of commitment to embodying sexuality is really a commitment to, to like this kind of anti-capitalist, anti-patriarchal kind of way of being. Yes. You know? Um, where for me it's meant, okay, how how has the fulfillment of my needs been normalized, mm. right? And how do I begin to bring awareness to the space that I take up, to the assumptions that I make, right? And I'm always making assumptions. This is like the, you know, this is the issue. Like I'm, I've probably made many assumptions already in these talks, but... Like, how do I begin to bring awareness to all of this and start beginning to ask, okay, what do other people need, right? And I brought that ethic, right, into sex, right, with with other men, right, where I was like, okay, how to begin to think about what others need really begins to 
it begins to to be a practice of compassion, actually. Like, I recognize what I'm experiencing. I recognize maybe what the other person is experiencing. Then I say, okay, how can we both have a pleasurable, liberating experience? And what can I do to decenter what I need, but not get rid of what I need? Like, this is why we're doing it. I want to have fun, (laughs) too. I also want my partner to have fun. And this is why you you do basic things like communicate and negotiate, you know, which seems much more like formal and heavy when you talk about it. But it can be a very quick thing in the moment. It's like, you know, what do you get off on? Okay, this is what I get off on. This is what I don't like. Okay, this is, you know, you go back and forth like that. Right. You get this place where you're like, okay, this is where we can play. You're setting up the perimeters so you can both enter into this space of play and pleasure, right? Where you're concerned, your concern for what someone needs has created this this space, right? You know? And then if you have that kind of ethic, then like sex becomes, that's when it starts becoming liberatory, right? Instead of me coming in saying, okay, I have my needs. I don't care what, you know, what you're trying to get. I'm going to, I'm definitely going to leave this experience getting what I need. And if you get what you need, fine, whatever, you know, but like that, the, the tenderness, the care, the compassion that we begin to bring into sexual relationships. Like that's that's the key, the beginning yes. of of liberatory sexuality, particularly liber- liberatory sex, you yeah. know, more particularly. Without right? all of the patriarchal energies coming with the baggage and the programs, or at least they're there, but we can there, cut yeah. through them. Yeah. You know, we're like, there, but we can talk yeah. it out. You can hold it. You can you know? hold it and not and this, try to be yeah. under the influence. You know. This was such an early Dharma teaching for me from Thich Nhat Hanh. Mm-hmm. You he know. was very sex positive, I felt, yeah. Thich Nhat Hanh. I always felt this yeah. incredible love for how he would express, <laughs> even though he was a monk his entire life, but he would mm-hmm. talk about falling in love. Mm-hmm. I remember a beautiful story, mm-hmm. he fell in love with this nun one time. He's like, she walked in, I was, I was done. <laughs> You know, I, she had me, you know, yeah. he watched her and it was, you know, and something so sweet, you know, it's our humanness, right? It's humanness. Yeah, it happens, right? And you hold it. That's what he taught me. It was like, whatever arises, arises. But the point is like, what's your relationship with it? Yeah. You know, are you taking care of it? Are you tending to it? You know? Um, Absolutely. And I think like us having these and, and, you know, to all the listeners, we really just wanted to include this because these conversations get left out. We talk all about this practice and all about that practice. So, Mm -hmm. you know, as we start to move toward the end of the conversation, we know it's not the end, but, (laughs) you know, it's the beginning of, you know, a new paradigm. You know, I mean, it's old, you know, we're, we're going back to the old, something old, mm-hmm. you know, these ways of liberation and using energy and light and love and compassion mm-hmm. and emptiness, mm-hmm. you know, that we don't have to get too deep into that part. Maybe at some point we can, but I just thank you for your openness, you know, your open mind and open heart and open system and your willingness to um, 
I don't know, you just go first on a lie. You jump, then we jump, you know, and <laughs> and you're jumping behind other people who have jumped. Yeah, James Baldwin exactly. jumped and all, you know, right. we're we're in a long right. line. Yeah. But there's mm-hmm. something about your openness to mm-hmm. the exploration being that you're, you know, have all of these practices, you're holding, you know, the seat of the teacher mm-hmm. and you know, and and together we're trying to explore community and you know, this gets complicated, everybody, mm-hmm. working with practices mm-hmm. and our humanness and plant medicine yeah. Yeah. and yeah. Um, creating safety and also yeah. liberation. You know, this is yeah. a, this a, it's like a dance, you know, and we're, yeah. we're learning it as we go. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I appreciate that really deeply, you know, and I would just encourage people, like, yeah, this seems like a lot. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But you have to get back. For me, it's just like getting back to my personal ethic and goal in life. Like, that's that's where everything is rooted. My ethic is to reduce harm. Yeah. Right? You know, and my goal is to get free, to obtain complete awakening. Right? Like, you have to get clear. You have to get really clear about, like, what it is that you're doing and life, and then build from there. And so I can take this ethic, you take this ethic into everything, from shopping at the grocery store, to walking down the street, to having conversations with friends, especially right into embodying, you know, healthy or sacred sexuality, and having like liberatory sex and relationships, whatever it may be for you, right? Like that's, that's the ethic you're always coming back to. Like, no matter what I'm doing, is this, like, actually, like, reducing harm? And is this going to get me or someone else freer? You know? Absolutely. Um, from the causes and conditions of suffering, right? And that's, that's incredibly important. That's incredibly important for us to embody this because I can't, I realize that, like, in order for me not to do the same bullshit mistakes that mm-hmm. my teachers have made mm-hmm. and maybe continue to make, um, I have to actually make a different choice about how I'm showing up and I need to show up as whole as possible, right? And so, like, you have to see everything. Like, and like yeah, there are things that are personal and private, absolutely, but, like, my life, like you have to see the totality and the complexity of my life, right? Because I don't want something to be in the shadows, which will create a kind of reactivity, which puts people in danger. Right. We have you know? to be very transparent now. This yeah. is like, this be like cellophane right now. It's I mean, open, you know? You know, and I get, and I, I, and I made a choice to get very detailed about like my sexuality and gender expression and how I make choices to get needs met. Like I've I've had to get very, very, very clear and detailed, you know? Like I wrote a whole chapter about my sex life and New Saints. I'm not in New Saints, but in in my last book, Love and Rage. And it was just like it wasn't a big deal, right? Until I had to read the audiobook. You <laughs> and then know, you're and like, my, yeah, exactly. Then, you're yeah. like, oh my, my God. <laughs> and my sister was like the the audio engineer for my last book. You know, <laughs> she's an audio engineer. And I was like, oh, like I'm talking about my sex life. And she was like, yeah, you are. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? I, I mean, I'm always <laughs> like shocked and, yeah. and, and also so 
you know, in awe. And then I, I admire it because I know there's something that is so important about it. And so that's why I say you're always willing to jump, you know, and and be in those moments of discomfort of your sisters reading it along with you or your mom or your, you know. Everyone, whoever, everyone before, I yeah, know. the world. Um, and they will continue to read it long after you're gone from this realm, you know, and yeah. they will, um, it will help them to make sense of their yeah. own experiences and their yeah. own lives. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that that's really key is to... Like, I don't want to ignore this anymore because what we're doing does not work. Lord, look at all these communities. It is just a train wreck. And these are all leaders who started off with really noble intentions, Mm -hmm. really on the path. I do Mm -hmm. believe that. I do believe underneath all of it, people started off with the right right motivation and then somehow, you know, they lost their way. You know, I'll just say that. They lost their way. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's so much about how we're not allowed to show up Mm. completely. And if we don't show up completely, there will be parts of our expressions that will be, as I often used to say, uninterrogated. Right. You know, so they're just these unconscious things now, you know, but we have a public persona, you know, but you have this shadow that also needs to be tended to. You yeah. know, and held, yeah, and you got you it. Know? Yeah, absolutely. And it's hard to come out in front of a group of people who have this one understanding of you and to say, you know what, actually, there's this other piece of me, you know. But if they held, if they have the same shame, right, then like they can weaponize that shame against you if you decide to speak about certain things. And, and there are many examples like that, particularly with spiritual leaders, where they've been like, you know what, I can't hide my sexuality or I can't hide a certain belief, you know, right. anymore. And like the consequences that come with that, you know. Um, but yeah, you know, but of course this conversation, you know, there's more to say as well. Um, I know. I mean, we got you got two juicy hours, folks, and you know you might want more um, at some point. We'll yeah. we'll we'll have a round two, we'll around see. three, we'll around hundred. I'm sure <laughs> as we're evolving ourselves here yeah. on these topics, and we're um, you know understanding more and more as we go. You know, it's more. It's everything's awakening. You know, and we're understanding that our community all of these communities, they want to understand themselves. They want to understand this. They want to get it right. They want to heal. They want to liberate. And so I just feel like it's a new, it's a new time. Maybe it's every generation bangs on the door, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. from the 50s to the 60s, to the, you know, every generation, they're just pushing more and more to yeah. ultimate freedom of, of yeah. you know, the a state where we're just cutting through yeah. all this programming and we're yeah. really who we are and we're free yeah. and we're expressing. Yeah. And hopefully, I believe that does not have to create a danger, that does not have to involve harm, that could involve deep love, respect, and um, clear boundaries and communication. And um, so I, I'm yeah. glad. I I'm, I'm really I have a lot of gratitude for... Um, this conversation, both mm-hmm. of our part one and part two. 
Me too. And thank you for your willingness. Yeah. Well, I feel like in a way I was interviewing you more, so it's kind of easier, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm pulled into it though, of course. But you have to do, you have to take your time. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've been, I've been doing this for years now. So it's like, this is like almost a second language, but we all have to take our time. And that's why I want to like, just kind of leave with with uh, our listeners right it's just like you have to start somewhere yes you, know, you have to start, start somewhere at, with this you know? yeah and it may be awkward it may you may <laughs> it may not be using the right language you know whatever but just start you yeah. know and you know, again just get with you know get with friends and people who love you you know and start exploring and and start helping you know, or start creating spaces where like you can experiment with people, you know, that hold the integrity of this And work. telling our stories about, yeah, you sorry. know, I think getting together and telling our stories with our friends about yeah. where we've been, where yeah. we want to go, who we yeah. are. Yeah. To try to, you know, reveal the deeper le- levels of truth, you know, yeah. to see ourselves. And like you said, with your friends. Yeah. Um. So, yes. And if you want to read Lamarat's chapter in Love and Rage, mm-hmm. you can find it. <laughs> <laughs> That's out there. My yeah. books are much more. I, I, I go around the topic. So, but there's Not other the stuff book. there. We're going to go right into it for the next book, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're heading, you're steering the ship right into <laughs> the, well, you're steering it where it needs to go, yeah. you know, and that's. And, and that's what healers do. That's what, you know, that's what we do. That's what teachers do. Yeah. You know, they're willing to tackle it. Um, so, yes. All right, everybody. Well, we give thanks to all of you listeners for supporting our podcast. And, um, yes, we'll be recording more episodes coming up here. So, thank you so much, everybody. And that's all for now. All right. Years and years under the master's will. Years and years of hurting each other. We gotta turn.